And we are live! Clapped Out Podcast, episode 7, Siete, for you Spanish-speaking listeners. Uh, consistency as none other. I mean, dude, we're the best, right? Are you talking to me now? Are we talking? Yeah. Yes, I am. Sorry. I'm trying to sell some parts in chat right now to some homies. Oh, you're are we doing? Are we, are we doing something right now? Is this live? What are we doing? Yes, we are one thousand percent live on po- podcast Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid so, idiot, dude! Dude, I don't know about you, but I am excited for this one because um, we got retribution finally. Finally, I don't know what that word means. Can we talk about this? I'm uh, not even, Facebook, I, like I'm not the I'm not the boss of the show, buddy. Ah, okay, I'll talk about it. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. If you guys remember last week, we talked about was it last week or the week before? Twas the week before, maybe two. I've lost count in my old age, and we have been battling <laughs> a fierce battle. You notice? Hold on, back we and forth with the book of faces. Hold on, real quick. I just what? need to throw this out there because Jasmine, my lovely fiance, whom I love more than anything, she always listens to these murder podcasts and the podcasts are always with a British accent or an Australian accent. And it draws me in so much more. So I feel like this entire show, we should try to do it in a British accent. I'm not Hello, it. governor. Sweep your chimney wheel, all wheel. You know, Brit- British people don't yell all the time, right? Terrence from Britain yell all the time. So stick that in your and you really should take a deep dive into the rest of Jasmine's um, podcast history because it's she all murders. Made, all is, is, is she like curious about like how murders occurred or is she curious about how to get away with it? Yeah. If I get shot, it's not, I'll just be honest with you. It's just look into it is all I'm number, saying. Number, <laughs> just look into it. Number one suspect. Good to know. Now, uh, episode seven and we are today i don't know about logan but i am ecstatic to report i know we talked about it uh last podcast that we got zucked and shut down on facebook uh-huh. we could not do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars, dude we got demonetized um and this morning got a fantastic notification that we are back finally hey, and- so now you're back I don't know the words, but <laughs> I don't know what that really means ultimately, but it's just, it's relieving to know that we were able to power through and actually make something happen. So uh, we got remonetized on Facebook, uh, a couple more bucks going into our pocket to help offset the cost of doing what we love to do to bring you guys this nonsensical terrible, media. Terrible, terrible media. And this I mean, week's episode is brought to you by... Tin soldier race car car cars. You'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only use the the edge. edge. See, this is the part where I have to talk because on the later feed, you guys aren't going to see the shirt that I'm wearing. This is the Tin Soldiers Race Car shirt brought to you by Tin Soldiers Race Car. Jason Terrell and the boys out there are sponsoring this whole episode. And Logan, take it away. Yes. Jason and Brad, the whole squadron over at Tin Soldiers Race Cars. They, uh, Tin Soldier Race Cars. I always say Tin Soldiers, and it's Tin Soldier Race Cars. They are very good friends of ours. We're continuing the theme of 
non-pay advertisement for our homies, which we will every week have somebody else. Uh, we do not, we don't look for people to work with because they fill our pockets. We look for people to work with because they fill our hearts. Damn, that sounded scripted and it was not. It's off the top so, of the dome, baby. So good. So I am good. the, I'm like a battle rapper only with <laughs> making dudes feel good about how I feel about them. So, uh, Tin Soldier Race Cars, I have known Jason, Brad, the whole squad over there for quite some time. And um, we talked last week. I want to get Jason on the podcast as soon as we can. We were going to do it this week. We, I just got so behind on everything else and wasn't able to schedule it out. Um, we may be able to. I don't know if we can get him on today. If we could, that'd be awesome. But at bare minimum next week or in the next couple of weeks, we will get him rocking and rolling. They produce some awesome kits, not only – Basically, step back. Tin Soldier is a chassis shop by the true definition of chassis shop. So if you bring them some half haggard junk that your buddy welded together in your backyard, they won't make fun of you. They're not going to talk smack, but they will tell you we will not build off of the trash that's already here. We will start from a, a fresh slate. They are probably booked out seven and a half years at this point. I'm not sure how far out they are, but they're honest, hardworking, and they are God fearing Americans. And I'm a huge, huge fan of everything that they embody and represent. So shouts out to Tin Soldier Race Cars. If you haven't heard of them and they're not on your radar, you need to get your Doppler checked, son. Absolutely. Those guys make some killer products. Uh, their, their product line is not the most massive, but what they do offer is 100% quality pieces of equipment. And this is not a paid advertisement at all because we both pay retail for everything that they offer, but we just totally stand behind these guys. So Jason Terrell and all the boys up there uh, at, at 10 soldiers race cars, man, they are extremely knowledgeable. And I think, I think the part to me that drives me to, to them is that they're, they're pretty damn young. And then like the, uh, the, the amount of stuff that they're, their accomplishments that they have achieved in their very short time and being in existence is insane and they have nothing but fire under their asses and they are going to skyrocket in flight if you will um i don't know how much more cliche nonsense i can throw in there but shout out to both of those so both tin those soldier guys, all yeah, of those guys all of those the whole all team of those guys. there's more than two they um i talked to jason um when obviously uh, brian tilly racing on my hat so when i was with brian tilly racing um, I know Brian and Jason had a, a, a really good and still have a great relationship. And as a parts warehouse that Brian Tooley Racing has become and servicing a huge amount of customers, um, I know that Jason was going towards parts manufacturing as well to try to serve the greater good. And one of the things that I thought was awesome about his, his kind of plan of attack to the market was that it wasn't a plan of attack. It was a let's it's not like let's find a niche for some gimmicky pile of junk and triple charge what what it really should cost it was let's find a, a niche in a corner of the market that is void and empty of proper support proper parts and well-manufactured components and when he did that I, and i've told this um, ad nauseum I've, I've said this to him his true spirit his soul shines through in everything he does so when you're purchasing stuff from tin soldier you're working with jason and the crew you know you're not and again, not a paid advertisement. You just know you're working with good people. Um, they're just they're just solid group of dudes. If you're wondering the type of products they offer, they offer um, four link brackets. They offer uh, tube flanges. They have the Hammer B shock mounts on their site now. Battery tie downs, Mustang pedals, Battle Ready 88 kit is one of my favorite products they offer. So if you have an 88 rear end Mustang rear end in your car, they sell a complete kit. 
It is a complete TSR bracket kit. They use it on all their 8.8s that they install in-house. The kit, I'm reading off a script here, but it's important information. The kit includes the TSR lower control arm brackets with the doublers, the TSR coilover brackets with incorporated anti-roll bar tabs, which just saves you a ton of time and BS. It's already there. Racecraft shock mounts are already there. 36-inch piece of inch and a quarter uh, pro molly spacers and pro molly spacers and hardware. Apologize for missing the comma there. Um, the kit is also available with the TRZ billet anti-roll bar and upper coilover mount kit to make the ultimate 8.8 rear suspension setup as a complete package. If you go to their website, I'm sure if Rye, you have it queued up, if you don't know, big deal. I but do. if, you go, if you go to their website, you can literally, the drop downs allow you to choose exactly what you want. You want the TRZ billet anti-roll bar, you can add it. Do you want the upper coilover mounts kit? You can add it, add it to your cart. As long as you are a, a decent fabricator, it makes life so much easier. And I know tons of people that have had a great luck with this kit. So shouts out to them. I'm, I'm not sure if this uh, all came through. Um, we're kind of new to the podcasting and Zoom world, but you you go to their podcast, man, They or podcast, they're, you know, smell toast. You go to their website and you can see everything that they offer. It's a very easy to navigate website. Even if you can't afford for them to build you an entire race car, you can probably afford a part or two. And that's that's where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen, and Logan has seen, their their work in person. Uh, me personally on uh, David Farlow's car. The car's the, nuts. The car's the, so nuts. It's, it's so crazy. And that car is a car it's that I have. the only hatchback I like. It's <laughs> so, uh, let's with with david farlow's car let's talk about that for a second i remember this car when i was no shit put a picture of it up get a picture of it up there 15 years old as i'm talking about it i will try to find one here i was but a young man growing up (laughs) I'll, i'll do the intro you look for the picture sowing his seeds in a barren wasteland of a world he decided I'm going to enter the world of racing. Along on the horizon came David Farlow. <laughs> David shouted out, Hurray! Come hither. I got nothing else after that. You can use your imagination on what uh, happened after that. I don't have time. So David Farlow bought this car, and I believe it, if I may be mistaken, but it was his cousin, Sam Farlow's car. Now, I was a young kid in growing up in durham north carolina is that coming across there yeah you're good okay so i was a young kid in 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 durham north carolina working on a big ass chevy uh square body with my dad and i hear this whistle and cam lope just rocking down the road and we live out in the sticks in northern durham north carolina and i look and i see this yellow fox body mustang i go to the track roxborough motorsports park i see this car sam farlow who is i again i believe the cousin of david so this was and i hate yellow cars but this was one of the most interesting i hate cars. yellow I I hate yellow and I hate hatchbacks. And it's, <laughs> I know. it's like it's like it literally they said, Logan, we're gonna put a yellow hatchback together and you're gonna like it. I would have bet a million dollars. Oh, I'd throw up in your freaking no. face. Dude. And then they do it, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> they they So this car <laughs> I re- I recall this car, it had a 
Powerdyne supercharger on it. I think it was a 306, five-speed, yes. 10-hole phone dial wheels on it, McCreary drag slicks on the back of it, like just total old school. And it was running bottom sixes in the eighth mile at a little podunk track in North Carolina. And I was like, that's the baddest street car I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Like, that's the sickest thing ever. And um, fast forward a few years, David Farlow built a few cars and established himself in the industry. Who is his his cousin at the time, Sam, was the one who owned it. And he was dropping off my neighbor, who is two years ahead of me in high school. So this is like a high school car. And, you know, that's the most influential years for you is 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 in high school and um i guess apparently this car sat forever i don't know where it sat but david ended up buying the car and he sent it to 10 soldiers and they did the whole chassis on this thing and when i saw this car come unveiled i was i felt like i was it was so nostalgic dude i felt like I was 15 years old again and looking at this thing and what David Farlow and Eric Gold have done with this car is absolutely incredible. So, can we can we talk about the setup or are you just going to keep going down memory? Like I, I'm just trying to figure out. So the setup on the car is... Maybe a, stuff that people want to listen to is what I'm trying to get at. I don't know what turbo they have on the thing because they kind of go back and forth on it because of class rules, but the setup as far as I know is a 5.4 liter Ford GT block. So it is in fact a stock block um i think it's a stock crank i and if they were listening they would correct me but obviously it's four garage and pistons stock heads uh methanol set up onto the thing uh, basically i'm gonna the, the, i'm gonna boil it down real quick no disrespect or i'm gonna interrupt uh the car has a combo in it that should not go fast or no. as fast as it does and then they were like yeah it's gonna do that and then they went out and they did that it's gone sixes in the quarter mile on a 275 radial. Is that public? I hope those are public numbers. I don't know who yes. bred races, yes, 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 races they anymore. They did that at MIR. That yeah. is public information. Sixes Good. in the quarter mile at MIR. And Eric Gold is the genius on the keyboard. Um, David Farlow is a beast with fabrication. So shout out to both those guys uh, with regards to they, – they set the motor up. And obviously, to revert back to how we started this podcast – Jason Terrell and the boys set up the chassis. Good boys so, over there. Good boys. Good boys sickest, over there, Jason. Sickest Fox body on the planet, in my personal opinion. In summation, if nothing else, Tin Soldier's logo is super sick. So maybe buy a hat or a shirt or something because they're dope. Yes. And my favorite is their tagline. Look at this shirt. Yeah, they, they did a run of those. They're not available anymore. Um, but the best is built for speed bound for glory i love that tagline it's so good it's so good so shout out to jason and the crew on that we appreciate the hell out of you guys uh, just for doing what you're doing you are very very awesome human beings uh josh kalis has just responded he is going to have to miss the live feed he is uh out skateboarding with some neighborhood hooligans i believe teaching him how to do <laughs> flippity doodad days he's trying i'm looking to at he's got a uh, on his facebook page he's got he's teaching some kids how to ride that's cool i can't even hate on him never mind he's doing good deeds what a jerk he's doing this thing um so moving along after Next! a year i i'm not allowed to yell so you can't yell i'm the resident screamer so if you if i can't do it Sorry. you can't do it i'm just saying next what else what's up what do you got, Ryan? I know you have something for me. Um, so 
are we going to put a um, the jar? <laughs> so we talked about we're going to put a COVID jar up if every time we mention this because I think I feel like people tone tone tune tone. You smell toast. This is tune great, into this. this is great. <laughs> people tune into us to like avoid and get rid of the uh, the political climate or whatever you feel this is, but it's kind of unavoidable in what we do. Basically, all the races are canceled because of COVID. That's the whole topic. Everything. Like, 2020 is just... Dude, it's like, it's just a wash at this point. It's so tough to find somewhere to go to go race. Now, I will say, like, a lot of the local tracks here are just like, man, screw it. We're going to hold a protest. And I'm holding up air quotes for you guys listening on uh, audio. So, there's, there's still options out there but streetcar takeover charlotte was canceled and that was the one event where i had the full intentions of absolutely bending you over and spanking you um to keep it pg-13 i just don't i don't understand you have these delusions of grandeur and i don't understand where it comes from because literally i haven't even tried to turn my car up we we haven't even oh, we literally I, we haven't even tried to turn it up. We're just we're barely. I you're the you're the there's way more left in it kind of guy. I get it. That's I get it. It's cool. Go on. I'm stop. You good? I'm done. I just I'm done. I muted it the whole I'm time. Done. Are you done talking? I'm done talking. So Mr. you you're way more you, left in it. You Go do ahead. this. You do this. I'm gonna spank you. I'm gonna drag you. I'm gonna blah. I'm gonna blah. Here's the here's the facts. Here are the facts. These are factual statements. This is not me pulling crap out of my ass. This is facts. How actually let me pose a question first. How long has your car had an LS turbo combination? How many years? Um 2013. Okay, so seven years. Mm -hmm. How many passes have you made with a turbo LS combination in your car? I don't know. A lot. Okay. Probably hundreds. No. No, not even close. Absolutely even, no, hundreds. No, 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 no. Not even 50s, dude. No way. Okay, 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 okay. So either way, it's still a start I'll let contrast. you finish and then I'll, I'll okay. contrast this. Go ahead. I, I have made two full passes in my car. That's it. Two full passes. Not throwaways, not lifting, not getting back in it. Two full passes in my car. And I have already gone two-tenths faster than you. Correct. Thank you. That's all I needed to say. So we're good. We can go on to the next topic. I will fully acknowledge that. Uh, so my car has been turbo LS power since 2013. I did not move to North Carolina until. Oh God! Another life story. All right, wake so me up when you're. Wake me up when you're years, done. Two years. If anybody is listening that lives in Southern California, tell me how easy it is to race and drag race mm. in Southern California. I'll wait. Okay. And yeah. Then before that, I was substantially faster than you up until a year year and a half ago i went 520 whatever at 142 my first pass ever in the eighth 520 i'm with the turbo combo with the current combo i'm pretty sure some like some trash just like flew across the track but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's cool that's cool I'm sorry. I just we had the this bottom thing. line. I don't care how long I've had my car. Like that's irrelevant. The bottom line is I'm going to absolutely bend you over and butt you. Yeah, with this car. 
that's not that's, that's not accurate. So just as a heads up, you should work for CNN. <laughs> Fake news, buddy. <laughs> Two Jay Z's, David. Oh, I got a great topic. I have a great Let's topic. Go. We're gonna fly by the seat of our pantaloons here. That's all we're doing. David Varner has stepped in. David Varner, I'm gonna make this all about you, buddy. So you better strap in. Uh, I've talked about <laughs> I've talked about import drag solutions before. I will talk about them again. Um, David Varner had some very bad luck um, this past weekend. He went to uh, he went racing. The whole team went out there. He had a tremendous engine failure. He kicked a rod out of the block. Uh, I will say this: watching the video of David's pass, where the car and I don't know if I can find uh, it's not like a it was someone on a live feed I saw, and watching that thing kick a rod, his drain pan, his catch pan caught a bunch of the debris. It could have been so much worse where this yeah. happened. And the fact that he kept his composure, kept the car straight, nothing, nothing crazy happened. He gets out of it, pulls over as soon as he can. And the car is still in one piece. Absolutely amazing job to, to David. And my heart goes out to you. I've been in your shoes. We just celebrated the one year anniversary of my first engine uh, tearing itself to pieces. Everybody keeps as I posted the one year anniversary and I got a dozen DMS. So what was the prognosis doc? What actually happened? <laughs> What happened? I heard a piston broke. I heard a rod broke. I heard your tuner sucks. Does your tuner suck? I bet it was your tuner. So um, on the in the spirit of owning engine failures, David has I have no idea what happened to David and David's engine yet. If it was me, I wouldn't even look at the car for another few weeks because I'd be sick. Actually, that's a lie. I tore mine apart the next day because I was so mad at it. But David's car, um, I'm hopeful when he gets it torn down, we can we can surmise what occurred there in terms of my engine failure. Um, everybody continues to ask what occurred, what happened, what occurred, what happened. Uh, a lot of people pointed the finger at my tuner. A lot of people said that it was, it was dynasty's fault. So for the record, the same tune is in the car right now. And, uh, I've tried to break that car and it won't break. Yeah. Um, so injectors are the same. Every, literally the entire setup is the same with the exception of, I went to a 24 X wheel on the crank just because it's what Mike had available. It was already a billet wheel that was welded to the crank. I now have, I'm not going to say the companies that were in the car in the engine prior because it'll turn into a shit fest and I, and I don't want that, but I now have Cali's ultra I beams. I have uh, Wiseco VTR pistons. Um, and I have uh, a Cali's um, Magnum crankshaft, but the only thing we could figure out from the carnage was at some point it had to have bent or broke a rod on cylinder one. And when that happened, my, my assumption based on the counter, the way the counterweight looked on the crank was that when it bent, it came down for another revolution. It pulled the piston out of the bore and caught a counterweight and popped the top of the piston off. When it broke the piston free, everything else was just donezo. And that's, it was such a dramatic failure that even trying to guesswork at what ha had to have occurred isn't fair to any of the parts that were inside the engine. So me saying, I think this is what happened. It's still, a, I think this is what happened. So I'm just not going to take a step back and, and blame anything because it does nothing for me. It had no, it, 16, it, it 17 degrees of timing in it. It had plenty of fuel in it. O2s were spot on. We were in great shape. Uh, shit happens. Party naked. So Exactly. Shit happens. It doesn't. This is racing. Like mm -hmm. It is, man. It sucked. It, it was. It's, it's giving me serious PTSD around the <laughs> dyno, and I mean that wholeheartedly. So yeah. it was a – even today. So today we had a DSM on the dyno a very, very loud, um, all the fuel, all the boost, 60 pounds of boost DSM on the dyno. 
I physically can't be near a dyno when some, something's making a high horsepower hit now. Not because, oh, he's a pussy, he's that. But like literally I have crazy PTSD from the failure of my car. I We dynoed my car without a windshield. When it let go, all the dyno fans were blowing that flame straight at Hal in the, in the, in the hot seat. <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and never again, man. I talked to Luis at, at Fuel Tech. Luis hits me up and Luis is like, Hey man, um, I'm not going to try to do a Brazilian accent because I'll just embarrass myself. <laughs> but uh, Louise at FuelTech, super awesome dude. And Louise is like, hey man, uh, actually I can't remember if it was him or Michael that asked me for him, but it was the question was, do you mind if we use that footage for FuelTech Dino safety video? <laughs> and I'm like, probably not, probably, probably yeah. not. But yeah. it puts you into check, man. Things happen that fast on the dyno. You're just- it's, it's, it's racing. And if you're getting into this hobby, or passion or career depending on what you're trying to make of it and you are not of the mindset to write everything off at the snap of a finger don't race you're you're in the wrong don't spend the money like don't spend the money it's it hurts it sucks it's a punch in the gut i have hurt this car on more than one occasion uh not catastrophically as much as as what what logan has been through but you know, I've bent the crank on the thing and we're like, what's that noise? And why is the oil pressure so low? Why is the oil realized... pressure fluctuating? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is it making such a racket? <laughs> Maybe the starter's hanging up. No, yeah. it's not the starter hanging up, dude. You're an idiot. And it's just, this is what, this it's the price you pay. Like, you want to go fast. You want to push the limits. You want to push parts. Um, that's why people buy diapers. And there's there's a freaking diaper hanging out. Are you going to pull one out of your pants? Uh, right here. Yeah. This is a guy that's in here. I'm wiring his car. And I said, if you want to push what the limits of this car are going to do, you need to buy a diaper because I'm not guaranteeing anything. There are no guarantees in racing. I don't care what anybody else's results are. And that's that's somebody else's accomplishments and results are a great goal to strive to achieve or surpass however don't expect to achieve those every time and don't be surprised when it goes south for you like jeff ritter jeff ritter i'd rather race than do dino pulls i agree it sucks absolutely absolutely dude i hate it dude hal makes me dino my own car now after i tried to kill him so every time and i think i talked to you dino day this last time it was after the engine went back together I have never been more nervous in my life than that first pull on the dyno. Yeah. And we don't turn it up more than, I think I think the most we saw in dyno was 1220 at the tire. That was the most we made. And this is a, we have seen that kind of power out of six cylinders on the dyno. And it is heinous anus when six cylinders are forcing. <laughs> Dude, Aaron Gregory's car that, I hate Aaron Gregory right now, by the way. If anyone's asking, Aaron Gregory and I are in a, in a straight up beef. And I can't beat him on a racetrack, but I'll knock him into next week. You tell him I said that, everybody. Go to Aaron Gregory's house. I'll give you a social security number at the end of this podcast. Um, but uh, Aaron's car on the dyno, for the for just for everyone's information, Aaron's car runs a force performance turbo from Robert Young. It's a four-cylinder, obviously, DSM. It is the fastest all-wheel drive automatic DSM in the world. That car comes in on the dyno, and I, I, I want to call in sick that day because it's so terrifying on the rollers. <laughs> he makes – Hal makes – Aaron drive his car in the dyno too. All-wheel drive dyno with a lot of power is just straight up terrifying. It, it it's just it's sheer violence. 
I, I hate the dino. I really, really do. I, I would dude. rather... Because I don't know if there's a difference in like the inertia and the, the feelings and what you go through when you're actually on the track versus the dyno. I feel but way more at home down track than I do. There's nothing home. to focus on yeah. when you're in the dyno other than the vibrations and the violence of what's going on in there. On the track, you're like, okay, my job here is just to keep the car straight. I don't know why, but I feel like I'm driving away from danger. i know i'm not once you let go of the button there's nothing you can do you're like you're you're married to it at this point well to be fair if you watch me when i let go of the button if the car gets out of shape i do a lot of (laughs) (laughs) i posted that up and uh the video i posted of me squirrely i try to get back into it 12 and a half times which is probably really good for the engine too oh yeah yeah. it's totally fine but no i i'm i've never been a huge fan of I, I see dyno tuning as a tool. Um, it is a necessity in the industry. I, I personally, see you as a tool. Yeah, I'm a huge tool. I personally have, I, the only time that car has been on, that my car has been on the dyno was when there was a dyno day and I had a fistful of time slips under my belt and I was like, yeah, screw it. Like, let's see what it does. I'm going to go and try to win the dyno day and take home some cash. And it did. And I literally made zero changes. I raced it at the track on Friday, rolled it onto the dyno on Saturday, made two hits on the dyno, and walked away with cash. Yep. But my car is entirely street-tuned, and when it gets ignorant on the street, and by ignorant, I mean tries to swap lanes and get rowdy, then we take it to a prep surface and uh, where the, the safety... like I, I, I have safety 100% in mind the whole time. Dino, I just feel like doesn't, I don't know, man. Everybody's dino manufacturers do it all different. Dino Jet, Mainline, Mustang Dino. Like, I I don't get into the whole argument and the. uh, Oh, just wait till you work behind the other side of the desk. You'll argue with everybody. (laughs) Dude, I can't. uh, uh, Man, it takes a lot of. It's, oh, God. (laughs) The bench racing kills. No, no, no. The amount of composure. The amount of composure that I have to maintain when somebody, I had a, I had a client that had, I'm not going to say the car because I don't want this person to see this and think I'm dogging them and I'm not trying to involve my day job with clapped out, but I had a client that hit us up and, and was like, how much power can, I'm going to call it a, a Festiva because I don't want to say the car. Yeah. How much power can my Festiva make with these bolt-ons and a tune? And I told him, well, generally speaking, this is the type of power they make. And he's like, okay, cool. Brings me the car. And the car makes 25 to 30 horsepower less than what I said the general range of these cars make. So I tell him what's going on with the car. I'm like, hey, man, just so you know, you're down on power. Uh, I'm not sure the reason. However, uh, did you just buy this car? He's like, yeah, I did. It's brand new. I said, okay, I thought the mileage looked low. Did you ever refill the car at the gas station before you brought it here? He's like, no, no, I drove it from the dealer for a little while and brought it here. So he bought it brand new off the showroom floor, brought it to us. We put it on the dyno. Why would a car not make the same power on the dyno as 25 to 30 horsepower less than the exact same chassis that we've tuned a dozen times. Why would that be? And the only variable here is that he bought the car at the dealership and didn't refill the tank because some jackass idiot Porter moron. I can't even blame the Porter. It's usually the managers, this, the dickhead cheap ass sales managers that tell the Porter put regular gas in it, not premium, put 87 octane in it and guess what knock sensors going crazy it's not making the power i tell the customer this he gets all pissy with me i'm like whatever it is what it is 
if you want us to pump the tank out and then put 93 in it, we can. Reluctantly, he agrees. Well, here's the question for everybody. Is there labor involved with pumping a tank dry and filling it back up? Yes, there is. A thousand percent. Who pays for that labor? You, as the customer. It's not free. This isn't UNICEF. Maybe one day a charity will get involved in performance automotive. <laughs> Until that point, you have to pay for the work to get done. Pump it out. Put fresh octane, 93 octane in there. Here's the kicker. And this made this made tons of sense. It only picked up like four horsepower on 93 octane. Oh, so man. You were salty. But the thing is, I didn't promise anything. What I promised yeah. was, we'll tailor your tune to the proper octane in which the car should have. And the argument was, and I won't name names again, so-and-so in the Chicagoland area has a dyno, and it, they made this much. You guys just don't know how to tune these cars. And then he starts MFing us up and down. At which point I have to exit the conversation because I'm not going to deal with that. And my, the owner of the company, Hal, is the most composed guy you've ever met. And even when he's mad, you, it's just the most like political mad. He'll be like, okay, all right, sir, if you're going to, I'll let you finish talking and then I will talk. And you hear him say that <laughs> in the next room and you're like, get him, get him. Anyway, he talks him off a cliff and we never hear from the guy again. We tell him we'll retune his car. We'll bring it back. We'll make it right. Bring it back. If you think if you think we don't know how to tune it and you want us to take some of this power out here and that and, and we'll we'll make it right, whatever you want. We never saw the car again. Because when you launch the car, it spins all four for like 60, 80 foot. This thing was a monster on the street. It was so much fun. But it was just you can't please everybody. It's just part of it. And dinos, the reason I say that is because dinos are the worst fuel for ignorant arguments you could ever ask for. Yes. It's it's a tool and as many tuners i am not a tuner you're not a tuner but repeatability is what is the key here are you are you telling the bass take me to the river <clears throat> sorry <Yeah. I've>... <laughs> repeatability tunability what are you saying i can't maintain my composure when you're holding a bass. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast app, Logan is now making out with a bass. You don't judge. Okay. You don't judge. A bass fish that looks much like the one that is on like the um next topic. What's the next topic? The next topic is going to be I thought you were gonna finish my sentence. You don't know no, anything. I don't, I don't remember. Oh man. All right. Somebody, what are we talking about? We're, here's what we're going to do. We got some, we got 40, 50 people in the live feed right now. We want a topic to talk about. You tell us what you want us to talk about. We're going to riff. So yep. wait, we have to wait for the live feed to catch up to this yep. part of the conversation. Hey, um, my car runs. We can talk about that I while about people that. catch I up. Wanna, I just would rather them just give us a topic. I would rather. Well, we can talk, talk about, about it while people catch up and, instead of like downplaying my accomplishments. One second, two seconds, two seconds. We talk give about why. Topic. Hold on. If we can get it before we talk about your car. Why are your wheels, tires, hood, and seats all in your podcast room inside your house, in your guest bedroom? <laughs> How you call it my podcast room. Welcome to my humble abode. <laughs> in here you see my podcast den. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mr. Brian Tooley. He's watching it with us now. Brian Tooley left me a voicemail. I'm going to play this voicemail, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian, this will teach you to leave me voicemails at 9.44 p.m. while I'm sleeping, you big jerk. Uh, Tyler... Man, I can't read your last name, Tyler. Tyler, let's just say Tyler wants to know, where would I fall on the 252 list right now? Um, probably number 15, dude. Those guys are a bunch of killers. 
on bring back list. roast my ride mike merriman okay mike post a picture of your car bud oh i know mike merriman mike merriman's a buddy of mine and he has that a, makes it even better i'll look at his car and roast it you guys are good friends he has an fd3s with a rotary in it had all right i like him never mind we need someone else to roast <laughs> talk about how much more how much you hate aaron <laughs> oh that's funny uh aaron gregory why do i hate aaron matthew hold on hold on hold on matthew um i'm working on uploading them we will i'm gonna upload all the current ones He's not including this job. one this week mr brian Tooley. um he brian brian's a good old boy oh brian's a good old boy I, w- I was trying to play his voicemail. He left me. It was ridiculous. He's like, I'm sitting here with someone. He was, I don't know who he was out to dinner with. Somebody's like, you won't even answer your phone. You're making me look stupid. <laughs> it was so good. I woke up and heard the voicemail and was crying, laughing. Texted him at like 4.30 in the morning or something. Like, hey, man, sorry, I was sleeping. He's like, you keep very weird hours, my friend. Um, yes. The, let's see. Status on Drag Week or Ryan Drag. We need answers. Drag Week's canceled, Brandon, unfortunately. It sucks, but it is what it is. Um, COVID is is yeah great. So they're doing Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0 uh, at the same dates as Drag Week was supposed to be. But um, unfortunately, my employer, like we talked about in the last podcast, um, I, they're, I have a travel restriction laying over me. And it is, I thought it would be lifted by this point and uh, given current circumstances, it is getting more and more strict as time goes on, which was not at all what I expected. So for me, like we talked about, Logan and I talked about offline, basically <laughs> it seems like the 2020 racing season. No, I got a great lead in here, buddy. Is a complete wash. Yeah, I would love to see Logan's lead in here because I'm sure it's going to be him exciting me. No, no, I do that enough. Ready, um, go. David Varner brought a very good point up as you were talking. With limited spectators allowed, thoughts on pay-per-view big events, some revenue for tracks. Before you immediately talk over me with your opinion, can I give mine? Because I know you're ready. Yes, so. yes. Go ahead. Go, go, go. So um, when it comes to, first of all, my computer's about to turn off. So when it comes to pay-per-view events, and my thoughts on that for the tracks to keep the tracks to keep the money funnel into the tracks i am one million percent behind that i'm behind even the way that cletus does the fat the fantasy the fantasy factory the freedom factory stuff i think it's amazing here is the biggest problem with the pay-per-view events rye or cletus ooh, in a race i don't know the biggest problem with pay-per-view events in my opinion to keep some of these tracks alive is the equipment it takes and the staff it takes to run those pay-per-view events efficiently and have a nice crisp feed that everyone doesn't bitch about by the way every racer and i'm sorry every bench warmer that complains about speed videos live feed just shut your friggin mouth dude go to the track oh, if you don't like it thank you go to the track if you thank don't like literally you. you didn't you didn't pay a dime <laughs> when they started charging everyone's like i can't believe they're charging i can man so Yes, if, you, if the live feed's that bad, I get it. If you paid for the live feed and it was bad, yeah, I could see that. I could see you getting pissy. But when it was 100% free, Dude. the amount of people crying and screaming, shut the hell up. Go to the track then. you can Get off your fat ass and go to the track. Sorry, Do you understand what it takes to put on a television level production? Like, there's a reason 
the ABC, CBS, NBC, ESPN, and all these companies make bagillions, that's not even a real word, dollars of money putting on these events and documenting and casting them to you. So when a little podunk company such as Speed Video, and I'm not trying to insult I'm not, Speed Video. They're not podunk, they're massive. But they are, that, but... They're huge. Compared to ESPN and the likes of like these cable network companies, they're they're expecting like Super Bowl levels of quality. Like you're not gonna get it with a company like Speed Video. I but- disagree. I disagree completely. I think you're completely off base. I think what you're confusing, because if you've seen the trucks they bring and the equipment they bring, you, I know you have on Drag Week, you've seen this stuff. Dude, no, 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 no. Drag okay. Week is not it's it's they gotta go track to track, they gotta set up and okay. tear down. I think every your, single day. Here's the thing that you're here's the thing you're not considering. I disagree wholeheartedly that speed video is podunk, and I think I disagree completely that speed video has like a Jerry Rig setup because that's what you're insinuating. No, 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 no. That's not what let I'm me, saying. I'm I saying finish. that they are not. No, I'm, let me finish. I'm saying that they are not at the level of like NFL, NBA, whatever. They are still top tier for mm-hmm. what they do. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. So don't complain when the feed goes a little bit wonky because you're at a they're they're trying to rely on the Wi-Fi at some racetrack in the middle of freaking Midwest Wisconsin or whatever. Go. Just, Tell me I'm wrong. Wondering if you're done saying I'm done. I'm done. Podunk, so I'm not saying speed video is podunk. I so love those guys because they broadcast po- everything we do. Power Auto Media, Speed Video, uh, all those companies. Um, the effort and the money they put behind those events and they put behind the the live feeds. Here's the other thing too. I'm not going to keep digging into you for being an idiot about speed video being podunk, by the way, <laughs> you moron. So uh, I'm not calling a podunk. Other people call them podunk. I don't you call literally them called them podunk. I don't li- call them podunk. The best is this was live. I love it's like having Whatever. a stenographer. It's like a stenographer. I if I said podunk, I don't mean to call them podunk. I, I mean, mean they are not as big as the big network companies. And we have the same. We have the same opinion on the people that complain, and that's all that matters. The one thing yes. that was the the one thing that was brought up just now was uh, Kyle Workman said, "I was all for speed. Yeah, you got to take a swig of that to calm down. You're getting heated, buddy. Oh my I was all for speed. I was all for speed video charging, but I do wish they charged per event instead of monthly. I completely agree. I don't like being roped into a subscription because." Should speed video go do a live feed of like tractor poles? I don't care about tractor poles. Um, oh. how, however, that being said, if I, I could, I remember when we decided to launch a live feed in a podcast, one of your big concerns was whether or not I would consistently interrupt you or talk over you. Yet I feel like the shoes have been on the other foot. Most it's a conversation. That... This is how conversations go. It's not interruptions. Right Again, like I couldn't even finish my sentence. I, exactly. Like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you get away with it. See, this is the thing. There's a green box over these two things right here on the live feed that tells us who has command and authority. So when, whatever, look, it's a conversation, bro, (laughs) go. (laughs) Point being, David Varner brought up the point. How do you feel about pay-per-view instead of spectators? I 1 million percent agree with it. I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think if I was a track owner right now, I think I I don't want to be blockbuster video. I don't want to die. So if I was a track owner right now, I would be taking a percentage of whatever profit you can scramble together 
and I'm not saying that negatively. I'm saying that because I know you're in a pinch and I would put it towards a track side internet connection style live feed offering. And I would use that and I would promote my events specifically on social media and let people log in and watch for free to get the attention to the track. And then once that attention had, has grown and the media and the market was large enough and your pool is large enough, you can bring on big time sponsors like Clapped Out and we would pay up to $12 a month to be a sponsor <laughs> of the live feed. So <laughs> if you all are looking for us to sign on, I'll tell you right now, I'll Whoa, save. I'll save I know it. how much money we have in our bank account. <laughs> All right, $9 a month. <laughs> Sorry, but that's my thought. Like you get, if you can, basically I learned a long time. I learned at Brian Tilly Racing to control when I, when I got the job in marketing there, I learned very quickly, you have to control your own narrative in the marketing world. And that includes working with only racers that you want to support and you know will carry your brand name properly. I worked with a lot of racers that didn't do that. And, um, and it sucked, but it's lessons learned. And the same goes for a track owner or a, or a motorsports outlet. Control your own destiny. So create your own buzz. Don't rely on promoters. Don't rely on the racers all the time. You need to, that you depend on them, but rely on yourself to create a buzz that is so large that your own media outlet is your biggest um, asset. And I think that would be a huge opportunity. If you're listening, uh, Aaron Sipple at Kentucky Dragway, Get some live feed action. I know you do it. You, actually, I will say absolutely. He has guys walk in and filming for Kentucky Dragway, doing live feed on his on their phones, which has been awesome for people to watch. So that's. I, a, I, I feel like you bring up a very yeah. good point with that. Like, if if you're in a, a, a state or a county or whatever that is that given the current times, not to, like I hate going back to it, but the current times you have to adapt. If you're a business owner, you have to adapt to the times. If you're if your mentality is like, I'm just going to throw in the towel, then absolutely you're going to fail. But like Logan said, that it's not an impossibility. And this is just something that's kind of coming to light with me. And I, I was very like, oh, I feel these tracks. Like the guys that are like, woe is me. We have to shut down. And I get it. But if you can circumvent the system some way, find a loophole, just put the racers in there and say F the spectators. But and, and figure out a way to broadcast this live. Like, I don't know what track owners are listening to this podcast, but if there are, um, get creative and figure out how to keep your head above water until this is all over with. You know, there's there's plenty of people that would pay a decent amount of money to watch whatever events you're putting on. You know, like, look at, I hate, I don't like giving him any more shine than he already has, but look at what Duck does. Like, how much money does that dude make on live feeds alone? Yeah, I, uh, I can't say over the airwaves, and, and it's not good business to say, but We've I talked know. about it. Yeah, and I know what yeah. it costs to be the title sponsor of a Duck race for speed video. And I will say, oh my God. So, yeah. and, and we did rough math like really, really rough math on how much duck put in his pocket from now, the last lights out. And it's again, rough math. And I won't say the number that we came up with. However, it is insane. But how now think about given current circumstances, if he put on a no spectators race, but charge pay-per-view money for a live feed and everybody across the country is kind of itching to watch a big event go down he maybe he won't make as much as he would have made putting people through the gate, but 
I mean, I don't know, man. Because what is it? Fifty bucks? What's the spectator ticket? Twenty? Fifty? Thirty? What is it? I, I, I don't say. I don't know. I've never been. I to think one the of biggest races. thing, the vendors. So you get in the gate. These aren't real numbers. Fifty bucks to get in and watch, right? Well, then get a hot dog, get a beer, get get whatever, get buy apparel, walk the booths, meet vendors. By the end of the day, you're spending two, three, four hundred dollars before you know it. Um, yeah. And and it gets wild and you support those smaller guys. You get a hot dog cart out there. you got concessions that wants, they want to make some bread. Like I completely think it, the ambiance of being at the track on a serious race day is something that you cannot replace with a live feed. However, Absolutely. if it was 112 degrees out and I had the option between kicking back on my couch and my underwear or standing outside to watch a race. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay $60 to watch a live feed all day. Pay-per-view like three, four days. If all I could day. watch, eight hours of racing for three days and pay 60 to 80 bucks. I'm going to do that. I'll pay that if, if it comes down to it. Yep. There's so. no question in my mind. I would do the same, man. I think it's interesting to see people again, circling back and thank you, David, for the tangent. I appreciate it. Um, Which one where I sound like my wife. Oh no, that was no, crazy. no, 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 no. Um, about the, about the pay-per-view stuff. I yeah. think the, uh, I think the shift is coming and I think it's going to be very large I think we are in a very unique place in motorsports as a whole. We're going to see the development of electronic vehicles, electric vehicles get crazy. We're going to see automated systems on vehicles get crazy. We're going to see track tracks having to adapt to so many different circumstances like this uh, from a political climate and a social climate. I don't know what the future holds. I know that I have gone down the rabbit holes and I have experienced, not experienced, but I've explored some of, uh, we'll call them conspiracy theories. I don't want to call them that because a lot of the stuff lines up, but looking down those different avenues, it is a little scary to be in the motorsports world right now, not knowing what the future holds. However, prohibition hit and what happened? Speakeasies. Everybody decided that we need to make a hot rod to run from the cops. Take it to the just, streets. Son. Everything, man. It's just like, <laughs> I got, I straight up got goosebumps just talking about it because I don't care where I am. I don't care what's going on in the political world. I don't care what's going on in the social world. I mean, I care, but it's not going to stop me from getting in my car, turning the key and hitting it. Yeah, dude, I like the, the, where I'm here in, in North Carolina, governor just said like no alcohol sales after 11 PM. I'm like, man, this, I, I mean, and you remember watching documentaries or reading about like the 19, was it twenties, right. With the prohibition era and, and, and speakeasies and, al capone and all that stuff i'm like man this is gangster kind of shit like yeah maybe it is maybe it'll make it come back a little bit and i kind of feel like racing might do the same thing a little bit and i think it would be if if it does happen and it can be documented without like getting in trouble it could be an era of the racing world that in 10 years our kids are going to talk about if they're into racing, like, man, yep. the, 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 the government outlawed racing and these guys are like, nah. And they went so out here's, and did it here's anyway. Another, there's another point on there. And this is something that I've, um, it's been brewing in the back of my head for a little while now. And, and I'd like to get people's opinions on it. And Vinny Barker, what is up? You big winner. You dude, um, our boy. What's so up, actually he was my boy first. You stole him. So, <laughs> um, Here's something, here's something that I've always kind of uh, had kept in the back of my head. Uh, the EPA, um, and I hesitate to even mention the EPA. However, the EPA is shoveling so much shit down aftermarket companies' throats. 
they are trying to put a stranglehold on the performance automotive world. The, the SEMA core or the SEMA group is doing all they can to fight that and um, asking on locals to reach out to their uh, senators and Congress people, congressmen and women to, to, to fight against the, in my opinion, ridiculous restrictions they're placing. They're trying to kill racing. That's really what they're doing. These assholes are trying to kill racing and I don't care. They are yep. straight up assholes. Um, and here's my thoughts on that. I, uh, I don't care. I, I don't, I don't think, I think if you were to really step up and, and you try to really put a knife in the throat of the racers and what they love, you will see Washington again, the, and how you, however you feel about protests right now, I don't care. There's a lot of people saying a lot of ignorant shit about the people that are out there protesting peacefully and it's their right to protest peacefully, whether you like it or not. It's their right. And as racers, can you honestly tell me as a dedicated racer, you wouldn't be protesting if the EPA stomped out racing for good? Would you be in your car, race car or street car, on the streets of Washington, D.C., smoking that mf -er through all gears? Yes, you would. So would yeah, I. Absolutely. So would Rai. So, again, apples to oranges, apples to oranges comparison about what's going on now. However, my point is, should they continue to try to push that and push their there are so many ways that this place is polluted that it has nothing to do with their local track and people being able to race that it's, it blows my mind. They're trying to step on this industry. If you look at the billions of dollars that this industry brings in and the tax money, this industry has paid to these crooked ass politicians over the years. And now they want to put a stranglehold on it. I think you're going to see an insane. If, if my boys don't show up, if y'all racers don't show up with me, I'll go by myself. But as God is my witness, I will not stop. And I will not stand by if they really try to snuff it out. Uh, reach out to your Congress people if you are un un unfamiliar with what's going on right now. SEMA has a ton of documentation on uh, what's what is truly happening behind closed doors and yep. the actions that they're trying to take. Because if, if, if you think it's not coming, it is absolutely coming. If you go to SEMA and uh, their website, you can you can find like literally you can it breaks they make it so easy. You can click it down to the state that you live in. They have a template that you can click on to send it specifically to your governor. Like you can literally, you don't even have to actually type your name into these formats on most of the, the emails that you can send to oppose whatever legislation they're trying to shut us down with. Uh, check out SEMA. I think it's SEMA.org or SEMA.com. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. SEMA.org slash SEMA news is a good outlet. Yep. Um, currently, there's, they have coronavirus updates there too. So they, they are, it's a ton of information that's allowed that they allow you access to there. A lot of B2B information there. If you're a member of the SEMA data co-op, it's huge as well. There's also a, um, for our, our shop owners out there and our engineers out there, uh, there is something called the SEMA data uh, tech transfer. And when you're a member of SEMA, you are allowed access to a lot of, um, I don't know what to call them, SolidWorks, CAD files, whatever, 3D files of OEM engine parts. So a lot of places got their start over joining the SEMA data tra tech transfer. I, I would be lying if I told you how much it costs, but you can get these files and you can start producing products specifically for different chassis that they offer. The SEMA data co-op, if you're a business owner, shop owner, it allows you attribute data and all sorts of data on products. It's huge. It's awesome. The, uh, the act that I'm referring to, though, is the RPM Act. Um, and the, the initial tagline here, protect your right to race. The EPA is banning race cars. Tell Congress to pass the RPM Act now and stop the EPA from destroying motorsports in 2020. Your member of Congress needs to hear from you now. Here is 
Here is what the EPA is wanting to do, just so you guys are aware. Street vehicles, cars, trucks, and motorcycles cannot be converted into race cars, according to the EPA. So no more. The EPA has announced that enforcement against high-performance parts, including superchargers, tuners, exhaust systems, is a top priority for 2020, which they've already gone at. The RPM Act was just reintroduced. Even if you're one of the hundreds of thousands of enthusiasts who contacted Congress in the past, we need your support again. Tell the bureaucrats in Washington that race cars are off limits. If you guys could see the trickle down of motorsports to everything from military and, 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 and medicine, everything. When I went to the Dale Earnhardt Enterprises um, facility in North Carolina, I forget his name and I feel like an asshole for it, but he was walking us around the facility and telling us about how the NASCAR engineers were contracted when the shit hit the fan overseas and, and after 9-11, they were contracted by the U.S. government to shift all their focus and priority onto making sure that our vehicles were reliable in the weather overseas and sandstorms and heat and all this shit. NASCAR, we're like, okay, everybody get together. We got our boys to help from motorsports. And now you want to snuff that out? You want to help snuff out what created this? I just think it's absolutely asinine. And I hope anybody that's in favor of, of these things being destroyed is gets bad luck for seven years because I don't, I don't want to say anything I'll regret. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I'm, pre I'm done preaching. I just get so heated over the, no, God, it pisses me off, dude. It's something we're talking about because if, if we don't stand up for ourselves, like they tried this a couple years ago, it got shut down, but they're going to keep trying it one way or another. And uh, we need advocates out there whether it's ourselves or SEMA or somebody, somebody needs to have a voice in this. And if you're just like, meh, I'll let somebody else talk about it, then you're going to get shut down. Yeah. One way or another. If you guys can, if you guys out there can make fun of people protesting right now, given our current social climate and talk shit about them doing what they're doing in peaceful manners, and you don't go protest what's going on here and you don't bare minimum reach out to your bureaucrat, you're a hypocrite. Like I, I don't care. If you truly think that the protests right now aren't adequate, you don't think it's reasonable. I'm not going to say you're right or wrong. I don't. I let me be very, very clear. I am riding the fence on this one because everybody has their own opinion. However, if you think that protesting is BS and you just don't care about it, that has to apply to the RPM Act too. That means you can't you can't protest that, right? Watch everybody freak out right now. What are you looking at? Uh, what? No, Vinny Barker asked. I was drinking Bud Diesel. No, yeah. Vinny, I'm drinking Bud zeros yeah so an alcoholic beer because responsibility in summation black white purple green doesn't sequence. matter i don't care get in your race car and let's ride on washington dc yeah. as a team because honestly one of the coolest things about racing and one of the coolest things about motorsports especially right now rye you'll probably agree is a lot of it is race free that's crazy racing but, is race free yeah right like, I, was like, I don't know how to do a tagline there but I don't know, man. I, I, it's just like it really, I mean, it really is like pulling the pits, and it doesn't absolutely shit, man. I don't care what it color doesn't matter. Like, I want to bust that either. ass regardless. Yeah, <laughs> you put a helmet on. I can't tell what color you are, nor do I care. Yeah, I don't give a shit either way. Fuck you up either way. Anyway, this is the Clapped Out Podcast. Check out clappedout.com/slash store. We got some merchandise over there. We keep talking about it. But we're finally going to be about it, and we're going to get some new merchandise put up there. T-shirts, hats, stickers, etc. And that's about it.
Logan, you got anything to close this out with? The last thing I have is a clarification over the last comments that I made. <laughs> I uh, I want everyone to be aware that the the clapped out is not about politics, and we are not about um, hating on anybody in particular or any of that stuff. All I want, and I think I can speak for clapped out, all clapped out wants is for everyone to love everyone and for us to be allowed to enjoy our freedoms that people like Rye ugh, and Jasmine, my lovely fiance, have fought for for this country. We, we are a free country. And if you're going to step on our throats, EPA, we are going to step back. So love you guys. That's my closing thoughts. Everyone love everyone. Clapdot.com slash store. Store, 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 store. This is a Clapdot podcast. We're out. Peace. I want the last word. <laughs>